Welcome to Keeping It Real's podcast, where we believe in real hope, real love, and a real God. We pray that this message encourages you and builds your faith. Being believers, we need to be able to dream. We need to be able to hope. We need to be begin, we need to believe, and I'm talking about not just, not like a lottery ticket type hope, a hope in Jesus Christ, knowing that he is guiding us, that he's involved in our lives, that he picked us and chose us. You know, like I said, there's no, we're, there's no reason for us to be afraid because we're children of God. Can you say amen? He's children of God. I got a grandson. Boy, I, I love my grandson. Guess what? I don't know if you guys noticed, his hair is starting to curl up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you see him, you know what I mean. See, there's a little bit in there. There's something coming out of that little white guy. Hallelujah. But anyway, he's got a grandfather and he's got a father. He's got a mother. He don't even know his destiny, but he's got people that care for him. You know, he's got a grandfather. You know, he got a grandfather that's setting things aside. I think about my grandchildren, you know, and, and my, my grandchildren will know me. My great-grandchildren will know who I am. Probably because I'm trying to leave something, you know, for them. But, but nonetheless, man, I said, it's, uh, like I said, and he's just living his life. He don't know much, you know what I mean? But I'm saying, this is the way God is, God has hit our best in mind. We don't even know what's completely up, man, but God, God's got us covered. He's got your future. He's got your destiny. He's, he's, you know, he is our destiny. He is our hope, you know, and yet we stress and we worry and we fret about so many things, and yet God has you covered. I just went through a, a, a long trial, you know, it was long enough, a year and a half, man. You ever, you ever, you ever trial like that? When I call it a trial, or, rough, or let's call it a, a rough place in life, you know, for about a year and a half. And, and like I said, nah, I was wondering about, am I going to make it? You know, it was, when I say, I'm looking, I said, man, how, or better yet, how, I know I'm going to make it, but how's it going to turn out? And, and it's interesting how God works. He, he always works things together for our good. Romans 8, 28, he does. He works it out. You, sometimes you can't get it. You don't know where you're at. Uh, looks like all of hell is breaking loose against your life and bombs are going off or you're in a rough spot, you know, or in a tough spot, but he's involved in it all and he's got it all in complete control. And our responsibility is to trust him. Our, our responsibility is not to lose faith, not to lose hope. Our, our responsibility is not to cut the corners. You know, our responsibility is to walk lightly before the Lord. You know what I mean? We walk, work, the Bible says to walk circumspectly, you know, just, just keep your mind together and, and consider all things and knowing that God is the end of all things and we can trust him. Can you say amen? We can do that. You don't have to worry. You don't have to flip out. First Samuel chapter 18 verses 5 to 14. We're going to read tonight. I think 5 to 14. How many made some, we talked about, um, we talked about, uh, Wednesday, we, talk, we was talking about the, the, for the new year, you know, as far as moving forward, making, you know, readjusting our grip, being committed, you know, to God, being committed to the things of God. And, and so I'm also looking at this and connecting it with uh, a few, there's some things that can hinder us, that can keep us from readjusting our grip and keep us from moving forward. And I tapped on it, man, and I just like rattled my cage when I was talking about insecurities. Our insecurities, which are light, I said, man, I, and what happened was a light came on me. I said, there's some things that I'm really insecure about at different times. It's not, I'm not insecure, but I'm talking about, remember I was trying to say, we go through insecurities, don't we? Every one of us here have things that we're, that we're insecure about. And I don't care whether that's about your money, your education, the way you look, whether you're tall, short, fat, skinny. And I was using the illustrations about us talking about people who are beautiful, and yet they go through plastic surgery. They got to get injections, butt injections, lip injections, all kinds of injections. They're going to improve this and improve that. And yet before they start the improvements, they, you know, like I said, I was looking at these before and after pictures, they were already nice looking people. But they have to do it because of their insecurities. And so no matter, like I said, insecurity has to do with the mind. It has to do with the way we feel. And how many of you know that just because we feel something doesn't mean that it's okay? We really do got to come to grips with our feelings, man. Like I said, just because we feel 
like something doesn't mean that that's the way it is. And we can't just let feelings dictate our lives and, and make us make decisions that we regret. You know, emotions and feelings. I tell you, you ever get mad on, I was, I was working a job one time, and this was back in the day when job, where it was a time when jobs was hard to come by, especially good ones, good paying, especially where I was at. And this guy gets mad on the job. He had a cake job. I'm talking about he's making money, he's making bank, he's got overtime. You know, like I said, he's doing better than all of us, but he gets mad. And out of his anger, he flips and says, man, I'm out of here. I'll show you. How many know you ever felt like that? I'll show you. Well, what happens was he left, and he left a good thing, and somebody else filled his spot, and, and he never had that job again. And so, but out of his emotions and feelings, he made this decision. Out of, imagine out of emotions and feelings, you kick somebody off, or you let them go, or you break a friendship, you break a rela relationship. Out of feelings and emotions, you leave a church. You know what I mean? Because you got butthurt about something that was said or the way it went down or it didn't go the way you, uh, the way you wanted it. And so out of our, we, gotta learn, we have to be able to control our feelings and emotions and be able to think. You know what I mean? Think. Make some good decisions. And so something else that, that help, uh, hinders us and hurts us is, is insecurities and making decisions out of our fears and insecurities. You know, like I said, just coming out, I was talking about being in a church. You can be here and you can feel like you're not wanted. You can feel like you're not accepted. You can feel like nobody loves you and nobody cares. You can feel like God is not in. We can feel it and it's just a stinking feeling. And yet we're going to make decisions out of that feeling. We're going to make decisions out of this emotion. I don't know if you ever felt like you ever been under the pressure, under the gun. I mean, you're just going through it. Like I said, and your, your emotions are being stretched and pulled, and you're, like I said, you can feel the weight. You guys don't live, you don't feel like I do. I know I'm not talking to any of you. I'm talking to me, you know? And, so, and like I said, and the weight of the world is upon you, and you don't even, sometimes you don't know what to do or how to get yourself out of the mess or how'd you get yourself in that spot, and, and people are, you know, you got this going on and that going on, and, and like I said, and you're emotionally stretched and pulled. And during those times, that's not a good time to be making life-changing decisions. That's not a good time. You want to be focused. You want to be, you want it to be clear. You want to be in the right spot when you're making decisions that is going to alter your life and or alter and or alter the lives of others. First Samuel 18, looking at insecurity. And I got, we're going to be talking about this for a while, but I believe God's going to help us. And so I want to talk about that, and then I'm going to try to, because I'm preaching and it's my message, I'm going to shove something else into it, because this is good, and I don't want us to go away without it. I want to believe God to help us today. First Samuel, it says, And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him, and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass as they came, when David had returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabar uh, tambourines and with joy, with instruments of music. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was upset and the saying displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed unto David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can he have more but the kingdom? And Saul eyed David from that day forward, and it came to pass on the morrow that an evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his hand as other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand, and Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite, or I'm going to kill him. I'm going to stick David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, and he was departed from Saul. Therefore, Saul removed him from him and made him captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people, and David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. And the Lord 
was with him. That's a good, that right there, you might, and David behaved himself wisely, and the Lord was with him. Hallelujah. That needs to be a tattoo on somebody's somewhere. You know what I mean? You behaved wisely, and the Lord was with you. We want to be loved, don't we? Man, just to have peace in our minds, to be accepted, to have a place where we fit in, you know, to find that person. How about that person that just loves you for the way that you are? That's the beauty of marriage, man. That's the beauty of married, being married 40 years or how many, I can need to count the years up. You know, I like, my wife accepts me and I accept her and it took years for us to get to this place, but it feels pretty good. You know what I mean? It's, it's, that's, that's the beauty of marriage. Don't, ever, don't let anybody ever try to talk you out of or say, it, oh, it's just a piece of paper. It's not good, blah, blah, blah. You know what everybody says. So, but hey, you know, it's a good thing to be committed to somebody. Can you say amen through thick and thin? Would you agree? You got, uh, you Martians. You're a bunch of Martians here. I'm talking to Martians, man. Come on. <laughs> or I'm from Mars, either one, you know. But there's nothing like that beauty. There's nothing like the beauty of being committed to anything. You know, we want security. We want to be loved. You know, it's one of the most natural things in life. We want to be known, you know, beyond a doubt, you know, that somebody really cares about us. And no matter, no matter what. I was, you heard me talk about this before, about insecurities and, you know, and people's love. But let me, let me move forward a little bit. It, uh, this person wrote this. He says, insecurity, a nasty little habit that seems to follow you at work at home, and when you're with friends. It comes in the form of negative thoughts that creep in your heart and capture your courage. It looks like a, a pattern of disbelief that cripples you from making any major moves, any major decisions. Insecurity is a problem. However, it is a problem that you don't have to deal with. And so here in this story, and I want to use that because Saul here, the, the story of Saul and, uh, uh, and, and David, Saul is the king of Israel, the very first king. God had picked him. God had chosen him. God had anointed him, you know. He is the most powerful. He's, he is the leader of the most powerful nation on the earth at this time. You know what I mean? He's got money. He's got property. He's got things going on. Uh, uh, he, he, when he speaks, people live or people die. He is the man. There is nothing wrong with this guy, you know, as, as far as the outward looks. Uh, but in his heart and his mind, he is insecure. They, they're coming back from a great battle, and, and the women pour into the streets, and they got musical instruments, man. They're getting it on, and they're singing, and they're celebrating. And they said, oh, man, this is powerful, you know. Saul, King Saul has slain his thousands, but he also has a sidekick. He also has someone under him. He also has a servant named David, this young boy. But David is a, is a warrior, and David killed 10,000. And in Saul's mind, his insecure mind, his messed up mind, a man who could not see further than, you know, he couldn't even see deeply or further than just what he could see, he says, Oh, man, I, Dave, I'm going to lose the kingdom. Why? Because, because to me, they're ascribing just thousands, but David, ten thousands. He's getting more glory than me. He's getting more. He got more likes on his page than I do. People are applauding him, him more. And, and out of his own frail mind and his own frail heart, uh, the Bible says that he began to hate David. He didn't hate him before. He didn't have a problem with him before, but because of his insecurities. Imagine this, the most powerful man on earth. And he is afraid of somebody within his own kingdom. And it's only because of his mind. It's only because of his thought process. It's only because of his own insecurities. Oh, man, now that they're singing about him, he's actually going to end up being the king over Israel. And that wasn't the issue at all. It was insecurity. Paul had, Saul had lost something. He kind of got off track with his relationship with God. He had made some blunders, did some stupid things. God had spoke to him. He said, you know, so there's going to be a transition. There's going to be a change. But imagine simply because he, anybody that was better than him looked better than him. People were singing about more than him. We can go, <laughs> he's insecure about. And David just happened to be that person. 
You know, this is one of the good reasons why we should never compare ourselves with people. You know what I mean? We, should, we shouldn't compare ourselves. You shouldn't let Instagram determine whether you're cute or not. You shouldn't let Facebook determine whether you're popular or not. The amount of likes, the amount of friends, the amount, the amount of, you know, like I said, whether, you know, you posted a picture of you looking good, sounding good, there you are, I don't know, Santa Monica Pier, you know, you... And nobody comments on your hairstyle. They don't comment on your clothes. They don't comment on the posts, you know. And so because of that, you're a little wigged out. But your friend, your cousin, your sister, your brother, somebody else, you know, they post something and everybody likes it. They got a million likes. They're sitting on a toilet and they got a million likes. <laughs> so we're flipped out. We're wigged out. Or here you are, you know, you keep looking at, you know, like so you want to look at all, oh, I'm going to throw a brick at you people. Look, I ain't on Instagram. I ain't on Facebook anymore. I'm just, I, every now and then, I ain't been on it in a while. <laughs> when we were coming up, years ago, it used to be you go to the mall, you take a picture, right? And it was these fuzzy, you ever see them fuzzy pictures, you know, with the stars? You, it was mall pictures. Anybody remember those? It would be your parents, most likely, who did this, not you guys. Or maybe when you was kids, you and your buddies, you're hanging at the mall, you and your homegirl, and you guys take the picture. You know what I mean? And, it, and the picture is, huh? Yeah, and the picture is fuzzy intentionally. You know what I mean? Because something about that fuzzy, you know, makes you don't look as, as you really are. You look better in life, you know what I mean? You look better in the picture. Now on Instagram, on Facebook, everybody can change their face and their look and their nose and their eyes. One time I'm looking at somebody, I, know, I recognize the name, I just don't recognize the face. <laughs> but people want to make themselves look better, and, and you know, like I said, and we're, not, we're not happy with, with the way we look or what we got or who we are, or our size, our shape, or this or that, and it's, it's insane comparing yourself to other people. You'll never, ever be happy. Never, if you're constantly comparing yourself to someone else. Never. You will never, ever be happy as long as you keep looking at other people and say they got more than they got, I got. They look better. They're built better. You know what I mean? Angel, angel, angel don't intimidate me. <laughs> I don't care they can lift 500 pounds, bench press. He don't intimidate me. Because <laughs> I ain't comparing myself to that dude. Yo, Pastor, uh, I can lift five. He's telling me about, you know, I reached 500 pounds. You reached 500. Oh, I ain't even comment. <laughs> I don't know what I can lift or bench, you know, but I just went on about my business. What, you know, what can I do? What am I good at? I can't lift 500 pounds, but I'm sure something in life I can do good at. It's true about all of us, you know? You ever think there's always people that are worse than we are, worse off? There's people that are doing better. There's people that have, people that don't have. Then there's also cycles and seasons in life. You know, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. Sometimes you got a lot, other times you got a little. Sometimes things are going good for you. Other times, man, you're sucking suds. Bear just about ready to go down the drain. And so we, we compare ourselves, and, 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 and as we're comparing ourselves with people, looking down, you know, but, but the problem is there's always somebody, watch this, I know it's going to be hard for you guys to come to grips with this. There's always somebody better looking than you. <laughs> it's hard to come to grips with, huh? Is that a fact of life or what? So why are you stressed out about that? I don't care what you do to yourself. There's going to be somebody with a better body. There's going to be somebody with more money. There's going to be somebody that got a bigger car, better car, a faster car. And guess what? At the same time, you can always find somebody that's uglier than you. Yes, you can. You can find somebody who don't have what you have. They're not as smart as you. I don't care if you're dumb as a brick. Right now, I guarantee you there's somebody that's dumb as two bricks. And, you're, and here you are, you're struggling, you're constantly comparing. How about this? 
How come you can't, how come we can't just be who we are? The Bible says that we are beautifully and wonderfully made. Each and every one of us are different. Different perspectives and attitudes and backgrounds. And we've been through different things and with different shapes and sizes and colors. Man, it's beautiful. And not one of us is any more better than anyone else. We're all created in the image of God. We are his sons and his daughters. Like I said, and don't get me on started about the most powerful people on planet. We're special. We're peculiar. We're set apart for his use. Heaven's going to be our home. We, go, we are going to live forever and ever and ever with Jesus. He's alive in our hearts, in our minds. He guides our footsteps. We already got it going on. And then we're going to be mad because somebody got more likes than we have. Or they can afford to get their nails done every, how long does those nails last? Every week, two weeks. They get their hair done. They get the best makeup. They get the right clothes. Stop comparing yourself. Or you'll end up like Saul. Saul's the most powerful person on the planet. He could have had anything that he wanted. And yet, because somebody sang a song about him and about David, but in that song, David had killed more people in war than Saul did. And the Bible says in our story that an evil spirit came upon Saul. The scripture says God sent the evil spirit and he began to prophesy. I don't understand all that. I can't get it. But guess what? He was three sheets in the wind crazy. The dude was a flaming nut because of his insecurities. And every time he looked at David, he said, I can't stand him. The same way some of you look at, especially girls, looking at another I can't stand her. Guys can do the same thing. I can't stand him. I hate him. You know? He looked at David, and it said that twice he took a javelin, a spear, and tried to kill him two different times simply because of a song that was sung about him and David. But in the song, he didn't get as much credit as David did. Mm -mm -mm. God help us. Help us. It's all in his mind. It's all in Saul's mind, the way it's all in our mind. It's all in our thinking. It's all in our feeling, you know? That's where it's at. And what trips me out is, you know, he's thinking that David wants to take his kingdom. That wasn't even on his mind. You know, what trips me out is that a lot of times we can, we're, we can, let's, I'll just say we. We can't stand someone or we hate them because we think something about them and we think that they think something. You know what I mean? Oh, she thinks she's cute. Well, we, we put the words, it's in our own heart and in our own mind, and we project it on that person, and now we, can't, we judge that person, we can't stand that person, we got ill thoughts about that person. David was loyal to the bone, to Saul. Absolute loyalty. He would lay down his life for Saul. And he demonstrated that over and over again because the story goes on about how Saul chased him down like an animal out in the woods and just on and on. And, and so and it wasn't right, but, but this wasn't even David's mindset. I wonder how much drama we have in friendships, relationships, and in family. The drama's not even really there. It's just in here. It was Saul's feelings and emotions. He's looking at himself. And what happens to us, especially when we start looking at ourselves, we lose sight of God. When I was a kid, I would name the album and the song. It's on my playlist, but I can't tell you guys because then you'll judge me. But nonetheless, one of the lines in there says, to each is reach. If I can't cop, then it's not mine to have. The word cop, you remember the word cop? 
No, you, no, you don't. You're going to cop something. You're going to get it. Okay, just check it. Just check it. Yeah. You guys are. You know. To each is reach. If I can't cop, it's not mine to have. That is so true. You know, I can't have anything that God has not ordained me to have. It's not within my reach if it's not my life. You know, like I said, I can't be president of the United States no matter how bad I might want to be. It's not within my reach. It's not me. It's not my capacity. It's not my brain. It's not my mindset. It's not my lifestyle. It's not where God has me. It's not mine. You know what I mean? Are you with me? I can't, I can't, I, I got, to, I have what I have. What God has ordained and allowed to come my way. Also linked to my choices, my decisions, and my indecisions. I, I am what I am, I have where I have, and I am where I am by the grace of God. And each and every one of us, the same thing. You can't have no more than God has ordained for you to have. Your, or life itself. Watch this. You ready? Here's let me blow something up, blow something up for you. Don't, don't lie to your kids. And tell your kids, watch, you can be anything that you want to be. Then that's, oh man, don't get mad at me because you've been saying that. Or said to you, you can be anything in this life that you want to be. That's not true. Your little girl's sound, when she sings, she sounds like a chalkboard or a squeaking wheel that irritates you. It's like the door when you come into the sanctuary and you hear that squeaking sound and, and, and she sounds like that. Why are you going to lie to her and tell her she can sing? <laughs> she knows she ain't going to be Beyonce. No, she ain't going to do, you know, we can't do it all. We have to, there, you know, Jesus gave an illustration he said, and the parable is this. He says, he called his three servants. He gave one five talents, another three, and another one. And it's a good story. It's illustrating how much, you know, it's him, for, out of the graciousness and out of the love of God, he gives us things. But all of us are not equal in talent or in certain skills. You know what I mean? I don't care how much, if I want to play pro football, Reggie wanted to play. Reggie had a dream of playing football. I said, hey, let me tell you something. You're good, but you might want to reconsider your life, <laughs> your life choices. <laughs> I did. And that's my son. Because not everybody can do everything that we want to do. So if I was you, I would stop watching the Cardassians <laughs> and trying to be like them. Because you ain't them. And I don't even get it. None of them got any talent, but they all got fame and money. <laughs> I stepped on somebody's holy stones. I know I did on that one. But it's true. Are you, are, do you follow me? Okay, so who are you? Does this mean that you don't have any worth? We don't have any worth? We don't have any value? That ain't true. Because our value, our, our value and our worth, it does not have to do with uh, how much money we have or what kind of car we drive or how good we look or we don't look or the kind of house that we live in. No, we have value because God himself has placed value on us. God himself is, is that, that is our source. This is where our sense of security comes from. It comes from him. Oh, man, God, think about it. I, I don't think you guys think about it and say it enough. God loves me. Oh, man, pump yourself with that up in the morning. How many got the music that, you know, you play your soundtrack to get you amped up? This time, skip your soundtrack and start, just say it. Man, God loves me. God loves me. What do you mean by that? Man, he actually loves me. His grace is on my life. I have favor with him. He picked me and chose me. There's seven, eight billion on the plant, people on the planet, but he picked me. I know him. I have relationship with him. I've been forgiven for my sins. It says that he, he, in fact, he's inside my life. 
He protected me. He saved me. He came to me. He, he guides my footsteps. Uh, he, he, he never forgets me. He always has my back. Uh, when I cry out to God, God answers me. I'm going to do the best I can according to Reggie Green. God, you picked me. You chose me. This is where I am. These are the people that are here. So guess what? Bam. Did I preach too hard? Am I too serious? Ah, come on. Ah, flip it, man. I'm just going to get up here and do what God called me to do. Can you say amen? We're going to believe God to help us. Okay. Deliverance. First, we have to go to the Word of God. And this is one of the big things that you have to do, you have to do, you have to do. Like I said, it's your, as much as I love you, guess what? It's your own doggone fault if you don't read the Word of God. You're going to miss out a lot in life. There's a lot that God has to speak to you that you're just not going to know. You're going to be ignorant. Not ignorant, ignorant. Just flat out ignorant because you won't take the time to see what God has to say. But anyway, I'll help you as much as I can. We need security. We need to be secure in our heart and in our mind. We need to have a life, man, and to live. We need to understand future and destiny, you know? The ultimate love and security that you seek is not found in a human being. It's found in Jesus. This is why we're called to cling to him, to hold on to him. Man, I said, if, if I don't have nothing else, I got him. And I'm incomplete without him. If you think I'm, like I said, I can look at myself and say, man, you think I'm messed up now. You should, have, you should see me without God. Then you really will see messed up. You know what I mean? And that's the way we all need to take a look at it. You know, before I, I didn't have a clue. At least now the light is on. And I know the direction to go before I was just doing stuff. In 1 John 4.18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. And he that, he that fears is not made perfect in love. Come on now. If you're still being to love... Uh, <laughs> Fear has torment. And if you're being tormented, you know, by your insecurity, okay, that ain't God. You're being tormented about your worries and your insecurities. That ain't God. You're worried about what God really loves you. Does he care? Are you acceptable and pleasing in his sight? And you're constantly worried and fearful of that. That ain't God. It's not God. And we got to deal with that. We have to do it. 1 John 4, 18, we need have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. This is the amplified version. His perfect love for us eliminates all dread of what he might do to us. If we are afraid, it is for fear of what he might do to us and shows that we are not fully convinced that he really loves us. If we're just wandering in our, if we're insecure about God's love for us, you know, we're always worried about being rejected by him, not being accepted by him, uh, going to hell. I mean, we can go on and on and God's, then, then love has not really been perfected in us. We haven't really got it yet. We didn't get it. And so there's nothing worse than living this life, a Christian life, and you don't get it. You don't get it. We need to make some good decisions, some choices. I, Man, I, has, I, I ain't got enough time. I got one more verse I would like to read, though, and I want everybody to flip there. It's in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 to 16, and then I'm absolutely 100% done, and I'll continue it again. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. You ready? This, this is good for us right here. This is good. Because you being, you can't fight. It's 2020. We're going to fight for what God has for us. We want to readjust our grip and our commitment with him, for him. Okay? We can't do these things if we're insecure. We can't do these things if we're full of fear. We can't fully, like I said, we got to have confidence. We got to have confidence that God has us. You know what I mean? 
We've got to have confidence that God has us. And this is why I say you need to read the word of God. You, you, can, you need to be, you know, because there's so many things that life itself will make it look like God's not for us, but it's not true. God's with us. He's for us. Okay? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 to 16. In fact, start in verse 14. Verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. What really jarred my attention to this is, is, is let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. You can't. You won't come if you're afraid. You won't come if you're insecure. We're supposed to, we're supposed to bring, if, we, if we're not confident in God's love, we won't come to him. We won't, we won't do, make the decisions that we need to do. And so as I'm reading that, I'm looking at this, therefore let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. In the time of need, the times that we need God, that we need some help, we're going to need some grace, we're going to need mercy, we're going to need God's intervention. We're not coming unless we are bold and confident. Man, he loves me. I jacked up, I messed up, I did something stupid, but guess what? God, I'm here again. You got to help me. Now, this is where I, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm coming. God, I got, you got to help me. And like, how about, but it's your stinking fault. You ever hear that? Yeah, you say that to yourself. Okay, so uh, what does that, ch- it hasn't changed anything. Most of our problems is our fault. You know what I mean? It doesn't change. God, he's speaking to that. And what I really like about this, finishing with this, it says that we don't have a high priest, speaking about Jesus being the high priest, the son of God. We don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was at all points tempted as we are. Jesus never sinned, never, ever sinned, never. He's God in the flesh, but he also had a flesh like we got, got a body just like us, and he was tempted. It says at all points, always, he was tempted, but he never sinned, and because he understands what we go through, he is able to show us mercy and compassion when we come to him. It's like God says, I understand your fears. I understand your insecurities. I understand what you're struggling with. Can, isn't that beautiful? That we can come to God knowing that he understands us. He knows what we sh- our weaknesses, our infirmities, the things that we struggle with, our fear of rejection, our fear of not being accepted, our fear of, you know what I mean? We can go on and on. Name it all. Jesus, the Bible says, was tempted with all kinds of things, but he never sinned. He went through what you and I go through and that we fail at a lot of times, but he succeeded. And instead of kicking us to the curb after he succeeded and said, aha, I did it and you didn't, No, he comes back to help us out because he says, I got it. I know what you're going through. I know what it's like. I've been there. And for that reason, I'm going to help you. Can you say amen? Amen. You see, we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. More than conquerors. What's more than a conqueror? (laughs) You won. The Bible says we're more than that. We're more than conquerors. And we need to walk in that in the year 2020. We need to start walking in it right now. How many of you got insecurities? Let me see your hands. Come on. We all do. How many going to let your insecurities control your life, your life's decisions, and your choices? One of the best things that you can do when you're afraid is to act like you're not. You'd be surprised what that would do for you. 
Whatever happened when you feel insecure, you're feeling, when you're feeling insecure, you get around a bunch of people, next time you feel insecure, guess what? Act like you're not. Look people straight in the eyes. Walk right up and shake their hand. Be confident in who you are. And which, who you are. Yeah, we, we, well, you got some trash. We know that. We already settled that issue. We all got trash. That's got nothing to do with it. You're a child of God. God picked you, chose you. His love is on you. And he's helping us out. And in the meantime, we're going to live the way we need to live today. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank God for his grace. Man, there's so many people that need to hear. They need what we got. How about that, church? Come on. Listen to me. There's, There's people that need what we have. There's a whole lot of people that are worse off than we are. Lots of them. Millions and millions of people. There's people on our jobs, people at school, the neighborhood. There's people in our families. They don't have what we have. We have the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for that reason, man, our heads need to be up. We need to walk tall. We need to speak confidently and boldly. We need to talk about the love and the forgiveness and the grace of God. Man, we should be able to sing and shout that heaven is our home. Jesus Christ is in our hearts. He's our Savior. Come on. Let's be the people of God. Let's do what God's called us to do. Let's be that. Let's do that. Let's decide right now. I'm not going to let my insecurities and my fears stop me from living the life God called me to live. I'm not going to let my insecurities and fears rob me. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be stuck in this pattern of what do people think about me all the time. Am I pretty enough? Am I handsome enough? Do I have enough money? Do I drive the right car? Do I have the right clothes on? Am I, I got the right style? No, 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 no more of that. I'm going to be me. God, I'm created in God's image. I'm not like anybody else. I am special. I am different. How about this, church? See if you can roll with me on that. I'll help you. I'm going to help you with this. See if you can handle it. I'm a perfect Reggie Green. Perfect. There's no one else like me. Reggie the third? Nope. He ain't like me. He's like him. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect Monique. Hallelujah. Perfect Gil. Glory to God. Perfect. Perfect Maria. Perfect. We're perfect, man, the way we are, who we are. We're individuals. God picked us, loved us, choose. Okay, we can't be like anybody else. We can only be us. This is all we got. This is all we get. So we might as well be it by the grace of God. We see someone else doing good, man. We can celebrate every good thing that happens in their life. We see somebody that's doing bad, we're able to encourage them and help them and pump them up, do something for them. Why? Because we're in the same boat. We're no better. We're not looking down our noses at people. We're not comparing ourselves to others. Hallelujah. We're just being what God called us to be, and we're doing that for his glory with all our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Hallelujah. I can't think of a better way to live. can't think of a better way to live. Let the Lord God help us. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed. And if you're here today, you're not saved, you're not born again, you should be. This is a messed up world that we live in. Lots of fun, lots of good things to do, lots of places to go, wonderful people to meet. But at the same time, it's pretty jacked up and messed up. Sin runs rampant. People are lost and confused, don't have any direction, can't find anything solid and real to give themselves to, get strong. We try something, it was fun in the beginning, but now we're hooked on it, and so the satisfaction is not the same. It's now miserable. Now we're stuck. That's the way sin is. The Bible says that sin is fun for a while. 
it's fun for a while. And then after that, man, I don't know about you. I was 22 years old. When I was 22 years old, I was burnt out. I was burnt out. Lots of money from selling stuff. Nice car. Nice stereo. So-called friends. But I tell you what, man, at 22 years old, burnt out. Don't know what to do next, what's going to help me, what's going to satisfy me. I'm getting ready to get out of the Marine Corps. I'm going back to what I left, where I went to the Marine Corps to escape. It was at that time that Jesus Christ broke into my life. It was at that time someone came and told me that Jesus loves me, would forgive me of my sins. And, and, and it, when I heard that, that, that sin was my issue, I always knew it was, but man, to hear it from somebody just tripped me out. And, and I, long story short, I gave my life to Christ. I asked Jesus to come in my life. I felt the forgiveness and the love of God. I felt the hope. I felt everything change. I, that was a good feeling. It wasn't false. It wasn't fake. Christ came in my life. I was a new person. Flushed the drugs in the toilet. People owed me money for it. I said, keep it. And I began to look, instead of just looking at myself, begin to look at God. What does God have to say to me in his word, through his preaching, through his teaching? What's, what, what's, up, what's, what's important to him? Because he created me and made me. And so it's very important that I, just, I follow him. No other man, no other person could tell me anything. Jesus came into my life. Man, I could listen to him because he had my best interests in mind. While your head is bowed and your eyes closed, if you'd like to give your life to Jesus this afternoon, pray with me this prayer. I'm going to lead you. Say it with your heart. Say it with your mouth. Say it with your mind, your soul. God is listening. Pray with me. Say, Jesus, please forgive me. I am a sinner. I have done wrong. Forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I believe that you died for my sins. And I thank you for that. Thank you. I give my life to you to serve you and to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Some of you can mark this day down, Sunday, around 3 o'clock, January 5th. You made a decision to live for Jesus Christ. I guarantee you this is a day will never, your life will never be the same if you meant it. Hallelujah. God's real. He forgave you of everything that you asked him to forgive you for. Let the Lord God help us today. Let's make some choices and decisions. Let's get away from our insecurities. Let's be the best us. Come on now. How about being the best you in Jesus Christ? Hey, man, believe me. Come on, let's all stand. Glory to God. We're going to sing. Hallelujah. Let's worship God. Give, give the Lord praise. We're going to sing, but just keep this in mind. Keep it in mind. We are the children of God. There's no one else like you. You are... Uh, no... <laughs> If I say perfect in all our ways, no, we're not perfect in our, we struggle, we got issues, we got problems, but you're the best you. You are who you are. We are who we are. God created us, made us, then we need to practice that. Let's, let's be us. I can't be someone else. I got to be me. I don't have a choice about that. After they made me, they broke the mold. It was done. After they made you, they broke the mold. There's not going to be another one like you. So we might as well be who God created us to be in his image, his righteousness, his purity, his holiness. Let the Lord God be glorified today. Hallelujah. Let's sing with all our hearts. Come on. If you need prayer, I want you to come on down. I'll pray for you during the worship. A slave to fear. 
I believe 
Father, we just thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that we are secure, we are loved by you. And I pray, Lord, that we won't allow this year to be a year that's dictated by emotions, God, by insecurities, but rather we make decisions out of confidence and boldness in you. God, help us to make good decisions, solid decisions for our lives. We thank you for your word. We thank you for our pastor. Cover him, bless him. God, I pray that we would apply this word to our lives and that we'd be effective in your kingdom. God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for all that you've done today. And we so appreciate you. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, amen, amen. God, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, You can be seated. We want to take our offering this afternoon. And um, just one quick announcement. Ladies, the first She Conquers of the year is Tuesday, uh, January 14th at 7 p.m. in this uh, building in the Fellowship Hall. So you don't want to miss that. Again, that's Tuesday. Uh, January 14th at 7 p.m. But let's take our offering this year, first one or second one of 2020. And I want to read this scripture to you um, in uh, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. And uh, John writes, And he says, uh, dear friend, he says, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. The Amplified Version says, beloved, I pray that in every way you may succeed and prosper and be in good health physically, just as I know your soul prospers spiritually. And one of the things I I would, as as a ministry and as a church, that I want you to keep in mind that that God does want you to prosper. And I was reading, and it says that the Greek word for prosper is that is a, is, is the translation good career. And so what John is telling me says, I'm praying that you're not a, not only are you growing spiritually in the things of God, but that you're growing in your career here on this earth and in life. And I want to challenge you on this thought on the scripture because a part of us there, there is sometimes some of us can be limited because either we don't think God wants us to prosper or we can't prosper. But here, the apostles say, no. He says, I want you to be successful in both. I want you to prosper spiritually. I want you to prosper uh, in your health and, and, and in your finances. And so I want to challenge our church to continue to believe that. That as you're moving forward and you're going throughout your life and you're building this relationship with God and God has given you clarity, believe, think, pray. I don't think a healthy prayer is, God, help me to be rich. But a good prayer is, God, help me to prosper. Help me to be successful in what I do. And if whatever you do so happens to make you rich, well, so be it. But what, what, what the prayer here is that, God, I would prosper. I would do well in my career on this earth, that I would do well in my nine to five. I would do well in my business. Because let's be honest, if, if, if we're sick and we're broke, even though we have spiritual things, which is the most important thing, if we don't have good health, it's hard to move forward, isn't it? Ever been sick? Can't do much. So it's something that we should believe for. If, if we're broke, man, how we're not happy when it comes to the offering time, right? We're more like, oh, man, it's just a reminder of us being broke. That, that, but that's not what God wants for our lives. He's working spiritually, and he wants to work in us physically also and, and financially as well. And as a church, we're better. As a, we're better when we're healthy, when we're financially blessed, when things are, are going well in our life. And so I want you to challenge you in that thought today, that pray for those things. God, I want to grow spiritually. 
Lord, I want to prosper. Keep me healthy this year. Let me be strong in my health. And, and let me be strong in my career. Let me be healthy in my career. Let me do well by it. Believe those things today and, and trust God and, and, and tithe and, and give your offering and believe and, and be secure in that. That God, you've got me covered in your word that I can pursue these things. I want to know about you, but I want to do well in my career. I want to take care of my family. I want to be healthy for as long as I can. But I definitely want my spiritual life to grow as well. So let's, let's put our heart to that. I want to challenge you to give today. Uh, remove that thought. Let, let prayer over your life. God, help me to prosper this year. Help me to find that career. Help me to find that business. Help me to do well. And, and then when God blesses you, help me to honor you and not let it get to my head and not let it take me away from the things of God. Help me to be a blessing because you've blessed me. Can we believe that together? I'm believing that. I'm speaking that over our church. I'm praying, Lord, let us prosper in all areas because your word says it too. And I believe that by end of 20, we can say that, God, I'm where I'm at today because of your word and because of who you are. Amen. Let's pray over our offering today. Father, we thank you, Lord. I pray today, Lord, that just as the Apostle John prayed, God, over our ministry and our lives, Lord, that as our soul prospers, that we would physically and financially prosper as well. I pray that we won't allow these things to get in the way, but rather, Lord, when you do begin to move and prosper us in our health, in our spirit, in our finances, God, that we would use it to further the kingdom, that we would use it to bless our family and to bless others. I pray that it will not be a distraction to us, but we would use it for your kingdom. Help us to believe these things that you do want us to prosper in all aspects of our lives. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for who you are. We know you're going to help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired. For more information about our church, visit kirchurch.com or follow us on Instagram at kirchurch.com.